Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. I am a sex coach, psychologist, and relationship therapist. I've created this show to provide a safe space to explore sex, intimacy, and relationship from all sides. I wanted to create a space where all types of people from all walks of life could talk about sex, sexuality, intimacy, and relationships. My mission is to take sex and conversations about sex out from the shadows and into the light. In this space, my focus is on authenticity, out-of-the-box strategies to deal with issues that arise, and helping people to become adventurers when it comes to their sex and romantic lives. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember, this vlog deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you may wish to put on some headphones. Today, I'm talking about how you know if polyamory is for you. Polyamory and non-monogamy have become incredibly trendy in the last few years. One of the main reasons people give for non-monogamy is how hard it is for one person to meet all of your needs. So um, it's, the focus is that given that it's hard for one person to meet all of your needs, if you're polyamorous, then you're making the possibility of your needs being met much higher. People who are monogamous and have strong friendship networks, as well as know, as well, know this as well, they look to their friendship networks and their families to meet needs that their partners don't meet. However, the myth that your partner should be your everything still persists. Many people end up in relationship therapy or ending their relationships because their partner does not meet all their needs. The idea that I'm responsible for my own needs is one that is only just really gaining popularity. It's hard to take responsibility for your own needs. It requires the ability first to distinguish between needs and wants. Then it requires the ability to acknowledge your needs and accept them. And finally, it requires the person to take responsibility for getting their needs met with the understanding that prioritizing can become very difficult when trying to balance needs. In non-monogamous relationships, multiple partners, friends, and families meet needs. Having more people who are committed to you available to help meet your needs is a big bonus. And it adds lots of complication as there are more people whose needs must be met and balanced and juggled and prioritized. Um, and I'm minded of uh, the time that um, a friend told me she was in labor and um, the father of the child was not available. He was working and could not be released from work. She had a friend who she had identified as a birthing partner. And that would have been fine except that she had a family emergency and she was not available. She tried her mother, but her mother had been taken ill and she was not available. And in the end, she ended up giving birth on her own, despite the fact that what she had was a very large support network. 
um, it is possible that there are times where everything conspires against you having the support that you should have when you have such a large network. And um, you can find it difficult to get your needs met. And this is a normal thing that people run up against in monogamous relationships as well as non-monogamous relationships. So how do you know if polyamory is for you? Do you love emotionally intimate relationships? Do you find yourself falling in love with more than one person at a time? Do you want to share your life with more than one person? If so, then polyamory might well be a good fit for you. Have you had difficulty maintaining faith, remaining faithful in monogamous relationships? This can be an indication that non-monogamy would be a better choice for you. However, this does depend on why you had difficulty remaining faithful. Affairs are also possible in polyamorous relationships. Whenever someone's dishonest and secretive about other relationships, it's a problem. If you break the rules of your non-monogamous relationship, that's an affair. If your difficulty in remaining faithful is because you fall in love often or feel you have more love to share, then non-monogamy may well work. But if it's because you find it hard to commit or you tend to be impulsive or you find honest communication difficult, if not impossible, then it's not going to work any better than monogamy. And in fact, it may be worse for you. Do you like to share your life with more than one person? If so, non-monogamy may well be ideal. Are you an expert communicator or willing to learn? Are you happy to negotiate to get your needs met? Good communication is essential to all relationships. Great communication is vital to polyamorous relationships. Non all not types of non-monogamy takes far more communication than monogamous relationships. This probably seems obvious, but more people equals more communication. Metacommunication is necessary as well. As I've said previously, metacommunication is when we talk about how we communicate and what we communicate and how often we communicate. It creates the structure around the rest of our communication and the rules for communication. This is often an area that people miss and it's often an area that causes problems because uh, people's expectations about what will be communicated are different or when communication will happen are different. Are you possessive? If so, polyamory may be prob problematic for you. Possessiveness makes polyamory very hard. Some people still manage to be polyamorous and possessive. These people tend to form closed group relationships, polyfidelitous relationships, or engage in authority transfer-based relationships where they are the owners and the others that they are in relationship with are the property. If you don't gravitate towards that type of relationship dynamic and you cannot find a closed group, then possessiveness will simply get in your way. Are you good at dealing with your own feelings? All of us get jealous, but can you get past your jealousy without requiring your partner to change their behavior? If you cannot, then polyamory may well be hard for you. Learning how to manage jealousy is a skill. If you're willing to examine your own feelings and learn how to deal with them, then you'll be able to create polyamorous relationships that will work. 
If you rely on others to change in order to feel better, you will benefit from some help changing this. Relying on others to change gives them control over how you feel. This is never ideal. Learning to soothe yourself, to manage negative feelings, and process them until they're neutral or even positive are fantastic skills that will serve you well in all of your relationships. Do you have a high sex drive? If you have a high sex drive, non-monogamy way really fits you well. It is one way to make sure that your sexual needs get met. Differences in levels of desire is a common issue that people in monogamous relationships come to therapy with. These differences can place a large strain on relationships, leaving the person with the high drive always feeling deprived and the person with the low drive always feeling pressured. Non-monogamy allows for these needs to be spread across relationships, taking the pressure off. Of course, this doesn't always work fully. It isn't magic. There are times where no one matches up well. You want something and none of your partners is able or willing to provide it. But you have more chance of regularly having your needs met when there are more possible ways to meet them. Do you find people of multiple genders attractive? And do you feel upset in monogamous relationships because of what you have to give up? Polyamorous relationship styles can take away that fear of missing out, the FOMO feeling, because you have the freedom to have multiple relationships with people of all genders. Polyamorous relationships are often not couple-focused, and, and people often miss this because what gets talked about in the news and in the media is primarily, are primarily couple-focused relationships. There are many relationships where there's a single in multiple relationships or a triad in a relationship with each other or a quad in a relationship with each other. So if communal living appeals to you, then polyamory may well be a great fit. If you're thinking about opening up a monogamous relationship, you need to consider some additional questions. What type of non-monogamy are you considering and why? Are you looking to become a sexually open relationship but not to have any other emotional commitments? If you're looking to be polyamorous, have full romantic relationships, sexual and emotional with others, you need to ask, are you going to be hierarchical and have your relationship be the primary relationship? If so, what rules will you have for your secondary relationships? Some rules could include no living together, that the primary relationship is the only one that cohabits. Primary relationships take precedence for most major holidays. Social media posting for primary and secondary relationships could be equal or unequal. Children, how are they going to be raised? Are they going to be raised with everyone or are they only being raised inside of the primary relationship? Lots of people have finances and financial responsibilities being confined to the primary relationship. Now I know, and I've spoken about last week, that um, non-hierarchical polyamory is very popular, but these are still important things to think about and talk about because even if you're being non-hierarchical, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sharing out financial responsibilities, for example, or that you're all choosing to live together. If you're going to become a secondary in a polyamorous relationship or join an existing polyamorous relationship, 
you need to consider things like how you will feel knowing that you won't be living with this partner no matter how serious things are become. Or perhaps that you won't be spending Christmas and New Year's with this partner. Or if you have a crisis, your partner may not be available to you. So it's sort of depending on the rules and the structure created are the things that you actually need to consider. And you need to refer to considering, refer back to your wants and needs to see if this is going to actually suit you and meet your needs. Some people suggest that someone who is entering an already existing relationship create a set of rules. I prefer to suggest that all parties discuss expectations and responsibilities. As part of this, I also suggest negotiating how these get changed over time. The couple needs to be clear about their expectations from the beginning. For example, if a third or fourth or fifth person will never live with the couple or will never become a full-time relationship, this needs to be clear at the beginning. Would you consider living with two partners? If so, would you want each person to have their own space? These are things to consider before formally opening up your relationship. The more areas and issues you talk through before you open up, in my experience, the better the outcome. All relationships require ongoing work. Be prepared to spend a lot of time at the beginning designing the structure of the relationships and also to spend ongoing time to keep things going well and to modify things as life throws changes at you. As we grow older and we develop, we do change and sometimes our wants and needs change as well as our desires changing. And it's important to remember that if you're going through changes, they will have an impact on your relationships. And this is something that needs to be looked at, examined, and discussed if the impacts are going to be positive ones rather than negative ones, or if any negative or potential negative impacts are going to be managed. Listening skills are essential, and being present is the first step in listening well. You'll find an exercise on this in the workbook this week. If you're someone who needs everything to have a place and to put everything in its place, you may find polyamory difficult. Relationships are extremely individual. And much as you might like to fit a relationship into a particular box, casual sex partner, person I will have children with, for example, often it's impossible. If you're willing to allow relationships to define themselves and take shape over time and to work with them as they take shape, you'll have a much easier time and are likely to have longer lasting, more robust relationships. Polyamory doesn't solve existing relationship problems, as I said last week. It bears repeating many, many times. Before opening up a relationship, take an emotional inventory and consider your reasons for doing so. Be rigorous as you do this and you're less likely to have a hidden agenda that is unlikely to be met. If you've got existing problems and you still want to open up, spend some time, energy, and effort dealing with the existing problems, focusing on them directly. If you're someone who needs things to be equal and looks to make sure that they get what, they, what other people get in life, and constantly compares, constantly counts, you're likely to find non-monogamy difficult. Counting is the death knell in polyamory. Equal is 
Fair is something different entirely. Equal is a mathematical concept. Fair is subjective and open to interpretation. They got a holiday with you, so I need a holiday with you right now doesn't work well in polyamorous relationships. Negotiation should be about your own relationship and not in comparison to another relationship. So you need to be looking at your own needs and if your needs are being met. And if your needs are not being met or, and your wants for this relationship are not coming to pass, that's what you negotiate on. You can also, because you're taking responsibility for your needs, seek to find another place to get those needs and wants met. But it isn't through comparison with your partner's other partners and what your partner is giving them. And this is really hard for most people because it's kind of a natural impulse to make those comparisons. It's how we're socialized. We're very much socialized into being competitive and into looking to make sure that we get our portion, our fair share. It's very you know, common conversation. And so it can be really difficult to steer away from that when you're looking at um, your, the other relationships that your partner has when you're not feeling that your needs are getting met. If you're looking to join an existing relationship, have a look at the relationship you're looking to join. Is it in good shape? Are they happy? Do they have effective ways to manage upset, conflicts, and disagreements? If they don't, Take stock before you enter into relationship with them or even enter into relationship with one of them. If their relationship is already broken, you don't want to enter into that system because you're not the solution to it. So, summarizing. To figure out if polyamory is for you, number one, know your needs. And this may take you some time. Know your needs, know your wants. Know your bottom lines. Two, understand the things that cause you to feel insecure. Three, check out your communication skills and make them as sharp as you possibly can and don't forget metacommunication. Four, understand your desire to share with more than one person or not. Five, look at how much sex drive you have. Do you have a high sex drive? Routinely. Is that something you only have at the beginning of a relationship and then it dies off? Have you always had a high sex drive? Had a low sex drive? Important to know these things about yourself outside of any particular relationship. Is FOMO, fear of missing out, a big thing for you? Is adventure and variety a big thing for you? Do you seek these in your relationships as well as in the rest of your life? Next week, jealousy and compersion. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me for this week for Sex Spoken here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We talked about how to know if polyamory is for you. I talked a lot about communication needs and wants. Please write to me with suggestions for the show, questions you want answered at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. I will answer these in a forthcoming show. 
Do follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Dr. Bisbee and please subscribe to my YouTube channel right here. For a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to https colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach.com and head over to my contact page and click on the button that says schedule now. I look forward to seeing you all next week. And if you are listening only um, to talking with you all next week, have a great one. Thanks for tuning in. You were just watching Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on YouTube. If you've been listening through to the audio-only podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave me a review there. And do head over to https colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com to check out more of what's going on on my website and join my mailing list so that you have up-to-date information on all things sexy, intimate, and relationship-related. Thanks for watching.